0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
2: Um, and as I said, you know, opening that when you have competition, um, when we all have competition, it brings the best out of you, you know, um, and anytime you add, you know, and, and that the makeup of those guys also helps that as well. So it's, it's all an effort to get better, um, not only to improve, you know, the skill set up front, but also just making the entire group function at a higher rate. That was Ryan Poles talking about the Bears draft. The Bears have 11 new drafted players. Our guy, Pete Futek, who does this sort of thing for College Football News, has got some thoughts on what the Bears did right and what they did wrong in this year's draft. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. And Pete has got a full breakdown on the Bears specifically, on collegefootballnews.com. That's where you can check it out, but he was nice enough to come hang out with me. Pete, how are you, sir? And you're nice enough to have me on. How's, how's it going, Mr. Holmes? How you been? I've been good. You know, the White Sox have been stressing me out a little bit, but I, I walked away from the Bears draft with some thoughts. And and look, the the number one thing for me is they got lottery tickets. And I know that you... You yep. talked a little bit about that, like that them turning six picks to 11 isn't insignificant. Why is it not insignificant?
1: Strength in numbers. Look, and I, I've bothered you on this for years, but the day and preach this as much as I possibly can. The NFL draft in the first round, you have to really try to miss a regular starter unless it's a quarterback. And the Bears obviously didn't have a first rounder. Second round, you got a 50-50 shot historically and statistically of getting a three-year good starter. Third year, it falls off. And after that, you might as well just be throwing stuff at the wall. So uh, the the ridiculous stats on this is it's like you have a 10% shot outside of a kicker or maybe a running back on the right year of getting a, a good, significant starter after the third round. So what you do is the more picks you take, you know, it's sales, it's, you know, bar time, it's anything. The more contacts you make, the better the chance you got to hit. So the the way, considering the Bears didn't have a first rounder and considering they had all these late picks, they kind of did it right. I mean, if you need a position, just keep taking it. I mean, it would have been nice to get another wide receiver uh, outside of A.S. Jones, but All right, obviously, secondary was a concern, and they took three three of them, a punter in the seventh round. I know it seems insignificant, but historically, again, that's the best possible value prospect you can get as a kicker and punter. And so with what they had to work with, it's a a good draft. It's a good haul.
2: I want to go through a few of the individuals on here. Let's start with, with Kyler Gordon, the cornerback out of Washington. What does he do well?
1: Number two guy last year, Trent McDuffie was the, the main corner for Washington. Uh, he's a good tackler, very, you know, one, of the, one of those very good locker room guys, great personality, has a great, everything you kind of want in another corner, doesn't really have that diva thing going. Uh, and he's just a good sound player. And he came through time and again because teams are trying to stay away from McDuffie. Uh, good tackler, just good sound player, and a a good fit there. It would not have been a a total shocker had he gone late in the first round. And, again, talking, forgetting, you know, the guy, look at just the position. You needed a corner. It was a good time to get one because that's after the, you know, everyone just way overpaid a little bit for those early guys. They were starting to fall off. You still had Andrew Booth there on the board. He could, you know, flip a coin one way or another, but just a very good sound corner.
2: Has Jalen Johnson, like, lived up to what you thought he would be when the Bears drafted him out of Utah? Again, you
1: know, decent draft pick, but yeah, for the most part, all measurables, all tools, you know, that's what you kind of want. You want the guys who can fly around and, and can just get around the ball and have the NFL skills, and he's got that. I didn't think he was going to be a superstar or anything, but he's been a good, productive part of the puzzle. And again, I don't mean to, to keep preaching this way, but, but if you could just draft a good, sound starter, that's it. That, that You've done your job. Anything past that is kind of dumb luck, as the history is showing. Whether you get a pro bowler or get a, an all-pro, you know, if we, if everyone knew Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt or, T- or Brady were going to do that, obviously they'd get picked earlier. But for what Jaden Johnson's been, he, he's been he's been good. He's
2: been a good, sound player. Pete Futek of collegefootballnews.com dot com is joining me. You could check out his breakdown of the Bears draft when he's done breaking down the Bears draft with me right here. Jaquan Brisker. I loved his tape. Like, that's the type yep. of player that they need. They needed someone to play strong safety, and he seems yep. to have decent ball skills. What does he do well?
1: Yes, just everything you just said. And he's just another just sound pick. He's not going to be a superstar. He's not going to be the big, flashy guy who's going to come up with 10 picks and uh, the lights out hit. He's just kind of always there. He's. This, you know, forget the stats because they're not too eye-popping, but you know, like you said with the table, you ever watched Penn State play? He was just always around the ball, and that's what you want. He's always ahead of everything. He was just able to make plays, and he's a, a another sound pick at the right time. Safeties have been devalued in, for whatever reason through the years, and in this draft, Kyle Hamilton dropped. You had – uh, a bunch of other key parts had dropped. And to get him there in the second round, that's a good value pick at the right time and match him up with Gordon. And again, strength in numbers. If they, obviously, the Bears came into this concerned about secondary. And with the wide, the wide receivers around the board, you had other key positions on the board, and they got two potential starters in the second round, which, look, that's that's it. That's everything. If you can get two guys who are that good, that sound, and experienced, and really... Again, not a lot of flash with these two. You're you're, you're not going to get the you know the Tron Diggs million plays or anything like this. But they are just going to be go out there and just be good parts of the puzzle.
2: And maybe a byproduct of this is that you know what position Brisker plays. Like he's not yes. a hybrid safety. He's a strong safety. Justin
1: Hill. Yeah, exactly. They like those guys who like part corner, part that you know, yeah, you know exactly what both these guys are going to do. Yeah, you know, there's not you're not going to move Kyler Gordon to free safety, and you're not really going to move Brisker up. But he does have the speed. He does have the skills to, to fit really pretty much every style. But he is good enough against the run where you don't have to put him as just purely a free safety. How do you feel
2: about Valus Jones?
1: All right, you know he's an interesting interesting prospect because he was a huge recruit. Uh, and just nobody could quite figure out how to utilize his skills until he got to Tennessee, and then all of a sudden he blew up in that offense, but that offense was a little gimmicky under Josh Heupel, yards after the catch guy. And that what he is more than anything else is a safety valve for Justin Fields. He's going to be a, a quick hitter, one read, get him the ball, get it up to him on the move, and just let him go. So he's not going to be a number one overall receiver. He's not going to be a huge volume catch guy. But in this offense, when you've got a quarterback who's still trying to figure it all out, you know what he's going to do. Again, you know, right off the line, one, two, three, boom, get him the ball, and hope for yards after the catch because he moves. I mean, he's, a, he's great in the open field, and that's exactly what this offense needs considering – they, they didn't do anything really much else to help him out, at least in this draft. They didn't go for another tight end. They didn't go with any sort of possession receivers. They, you know, they didn't take any flyers on receivers late. So he's really sort of it in terms of going to be the guy who's going to, to help make this offense go for a team that, that still probably needs to find receiver help somewhere else. There's a
2: player that you really like that, that you broke down and you talked about. I'm going to get to him in a second. I wanted to ask you about Braxton Jones because in catching up and obviously he's playing at Southern Utah so there's a competition level thing and you're watching some of the games that that he played against like UNLV or whatever every time I I felt like I was watching a guy that if he does not get better with his technique he's going to be called for holding every time
1: (laughs) yeah that's there's your adjustment in speed uh speed of the game uh, but that's fixable, and he is just versatile enough where you can move him around where needed. Uh, tackles, those dried up fast in this. this if you, it, the, the, you, it would be nice to get somebody a little bit earlier. Look, for a fifth-rounder, you're just hoping that he's good enough to find backup time somewhere in this mix. Uh, but you're right. He, he is, he's got the tools. It's just going to need a little while before he stops being a little bit of a mauler. Combine him with Zachary Thompson out of San Diego State. And if you get one of those two who can be a swing tackle, at least as a reserve, uh, then you've got something out of those two. Again, strength in numbers when it comes to prospects. You're throwing stuff at the wall and hoping one of them hits.
2: Okay, so let's talk about Zachary Thomas. Because you seem to like him out of San Diego State. Why do you like him?
1: Because what they did with that offense is it's all, it was all about the running game. You knew what was coming. They didn't have any semblance of a passing attack. And what he was able to do is be one of the key guys that they worked that offense behind. You knew you were running behind him. Uh, pass protection its still iffy because they didn't have to do a whole lot of that. So that's not really going to be his 14 game, even though he can move uh, really well. But he's got a nice combination of athleticism and power, and I, I just like the fact that whenever you watch San Diego State play, they ran the ball, and he was one of the key guys who made that thing all go.
2: College Football News is where you can find Pete Futek. He's really great on this stuff. He covers college football, and he's all over it. What did you take away from the draft? Like, What, what was a, a theme that you thought was interesting from this year's draft?
1: Nobody liked it. It was boring, uh, but it was an infrastructure draft. You know, infrastructure can be sexy. I mean, it's, it was, okay, you had the pass rushers, but you had, last year it was all about those quarterbacks. You had all five of those big-name big, big name quarterbacks. You had franchise-changing picks. Uh, and this year, you didn't have that. You didn't have the, you know, the real flashy guys. Of course, the wide receivers were sort of interesting, but if you don't have quarterbacks going early, there just isn't enough interest in the draft. So, But the positive about all that is when historically quarterbacks are the big bust in the first round, at least they don't give you what you want. So this first round is actually going to be really, really good because you have all these position players who are going to be starters. And then the big key is these other quarterbacks who slid. God, how fast is Ryan Tannehill going to be like an Indianapolis Colt or a Washington commander at some point? I mean, Malik Willis going to Tennessee – that was big. Sam Howell going to Washington. That was a thing. You know, Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh. Okay, at the time, it seemed like, okay, great value. But then you see where these other quarterbacks went. And Pittsburgh's probably looking around the room being like, hey, uh, y'all didn't want a quarterback here? Was, okay. So the value in these quarterbacks just dropped. So overall, this is a really good, really sound draft. And just people weren't all, didn't seem all that interested in it. I can tell from just stats on the site and just overall general interest. However, everyone's going to be jacked for next year because that's when C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Will Anderson, and that's where Jackson Smith and Jigba, this is where the real stars come out. And the crazy part about next year is if you took like the five or six top guys for 2023 and put them in this draft, Trayvon Walker is like the seventh pick. You know, so the the real stars are still in college.
2: Well, I'm I'm glad that you brought up the situation with the quarterbacks because I wanted to ask you about that. Specifically, we see every year people go, oh, well, I got to get a quarterback, so I'm going to elevate this quarterback beyond where that quarterback should actually be drafted. I thought that outside of Pittsburgh, the NFL told you exactly how bad they think all of these quarterbacks are, and I was surprised at at them not allowing themselves to jump up and say, we got to get a quarterback because we got to get a quarterback. I was shocked by that.
1: You and I are on year, I believe, 12 of arguing about this, where you dog the quarterbacks, and I keep telling you, you're in the midst of the greatest quarterback play in the history of the sport. And with the NFL is also telling you, who needs a quarterback? I mean, of course, Drew Locke isn't anything special, but he, he starts. You know, give me the team out there that absolutely desperately desperately had to go quarterback especially considering Baker Mayfield all right he's not gonna be Aaron Rodgers or anything but he's still out there uh apparently Carolina actually likes Sam Darnold at least they're saying that so if you look around the room you know there's just not a lot of jobs open there's not I don't want to say quarterback is the new running back but where are the teams that absolutely came into this draft that we've got to have a quarterback. And even Pittsburgh, like Mitchell Trubisky, to a certain extent, can at least start. I mean, somebody. But you're right. One, these quarterbacks just weren't that great. Two, everyone seems to have a quarterback. And three, read the overall room. Who's winning Super Bowl? It's the team that's mortgaging everything to get the great defense and the great rest of the parts, and then you get Matt Stafford. Or you have the great defensive guys in place and the nice offensive front. And, oh, yeah, you got TB12 coming down to Tampa Bay. So if you're a super a team that's on the verge of winning a Super Bowl, they we've learned get all the other parts in place and then you go find your quarterback and go from there. But when you have, you know, and last game we was playing fantasy going to the next year, you know, Deshaun Watson, look what Tua has to work with uh there in Miami. Uh just the, the wide receivers that are coming off the board all over the world. Everyone's got receivers, everyone's got quarterbacks, and they're just saying that these guys are just kind of eh. And the stars came out last year and they are coming out next year.
2: You said that this was an infrastructure draft. I, I like that that depiction of it. I think it actually makes a lot of sense. In this infrastructure draft, is there anyone that you any team that you thought did a great job of not just getting stars, but filling needs?
1: Baltimore had a historically awesome draft. And it, look, it's always silly to be like, oh, who, you know, who won, who lost it? Because obviously you don't know for three to five years if these drafts actually work. But in terms of value, in terms of getting guys who make sense, in terms of guys who at least, according to the rest of the world, got right value at the right time, who every pick you said, oh, yeah, there's a guy who slid and it makes a ton of sense because he went to Baltimore. You know, Tyler Linderbaum, every NFL guy, would say that Kyle Linderbaum is a starting center immediately in this draft. I offensive linemen are very hit or miss, but at least for the moment, getting him to slide there was absolutely awesome for Baltimore. What they were able to do in pick after pick, after pick, it was insane how much value they were able to continue to get over and over and over again. Uh, just from Kyle Hamilton, Find a person out there who didn't think that he was, any NFL guy who didn't think he was one of the five best players in this draft, if not number one. He slid to 14, David Ojabo. I kind of thought the Bears should have gone for him and waited a year because when that chili-tending hero healed, that's a top 15, if not top 10, overall pick as a pure pass rusher. He slid down. Travis Jones of UConn. That third round is ridiculous for that guy in a draft that did nothing in defensive tackle. Daniel Fale from Minnesota, the 384-pound guy. I thought he would have been perfect for like a Pittsburgh in the first round. And on and on and on, they kept nailing their picks, and it just they did everything perfectly in this draft. Whether it works, or not, we know how it works. Half of them are going to bust, you know. A couple are just going to be all right. There's going to be one good guy, but in terms of just the draft and the value and the timing, they crushed this thing.
2: Before I let you go, I, I want to ask you like a a big picture college football question. I've noticed that there's a lot of chatter on Twitter and Instagram and CBS Sports HQ and wherever you get your college football stuff about the unintended consequences of NIL. How worried are people in college football about the genie now being out of the bottle and not having control over NIL? Let's
1: put it this way. All they're tapping is it's now out in the open. It's not like these guys were just going to a certain school because they had a good psych department. It's it's fine. It's actually the players have, the players have control now. They have some, they have, they have, they're able to actually get paid. And actually the crazy part about this, not to kind of do a half pivot, because this, this does revolve around the draft in a couple ways, is that, it's the perfect scenario for colleges in the NCAA. They just have to – they fell ass backwards into this. They get free labor that they don't have to pay for. These guys are getting paid, and they're not on a salary. It's the perfect business model for college athletics. And for all the – you know, the Mark Emmer just leaving the NCAA and everyone dogged him, but look, it's, it's healthier than it's ever been. It's made, the sport's making more money. There's more interest. The product is great. NIL is okay. Everyone has to just get kind of used to how this works. They are going to have to tweak the transfer portal now. Where this involves the draft is more and more guys. If you're getting NIL money and you're maybe a fringish late pick, you might stay around in college because the, the sincere McCormick, this guy at UT Texas San Antonio, they're a great running back for them. I thought he was going to be drafted mid round. He's a good back. Didn't get drafted. Last time I checked, he's still trying to wait and see where he's going. might be Miami. But like, there was a guy who had he stayed in school, he would have been a preseason All-American. He would have gotten some sort of NIL money. He had an agent. And he could have gotten something for this. So I do think more and more you are going to see players stick around because they're going to get paid in that way. And it's okay. It's, everything's going to be fine. As soon as the ball gets kicked off, everything's going to be fine. And it doesn't matter if it's NIL or not going to be alabama versus some other sec team in the national championship it's just it's different they're just going to get there in a different sort of way
2: pete as always i appreciate the time and the perspective collegefootballnews.com what's something that people that are clicking on should be looking for
1: well right now we have a draft for another day and a half or so because ranked all the the drafts based on value and where these teams how well these teams did Got the pro prospects up there for next year when the draft really is going to be far more interesting. And then it's on. Then it's, you know, we start with all the rankings and all the fun stuff for the college football offseason because uh, it's coming faster than we think if summer ever gets here and we get that first. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we, we get to have all the fun offseason stuff now.
2: Yeah, I mean, all of the spring games are done, and now we start getting getting ready for <laughs> And now, by
1: the way, to your point, what the fun part about this now, God bless anybody who's trying to do a print preview or anything because the depth charts with the transfer portal now, as soon as you're a number two guy in a depth chart, you're gone. This is, cra- is going to be the craziest college football offseason ever.
2: I think you're correct about that. Pete, as always, I appreciate the time, sir. Later, man.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one,